hooligans and welcome back to another episode of the weaving words podcast this week we have another very very special guest uh last episode was probably the youngest hooligan we've had on uh at about nine years old and uh this week's probably the oldest that we've had on um i want to say i know you're younger than my mom was so you're probably what 54 53 53 there you go see yeah so a couple years younger uh, but yeah, this week we have the uh, notorious, infamous uh, Bill Tool, uh, otherwise known as uh, Lead Belly Bill, otherwise known as uh, Boris. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got hoodwinked into this one. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a really really fun story. Uh, maybe for the next time that uh, he comes on, we'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, we might get there today. The way this yeah. is going to transpire, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, Bill's a old friend. I've known you for what almost four years. Oh now, man, right? more than that, dude. More when, than that, probably about six. No, because think of how long well, the store's been around. Not not six years. I don't know, man. Didn't think about it. 2016? 2015, maybe. 2014, let me think. I'm terrible at these things. <laughs> because I just keep thinking, okay, we were at Fashion Fair, man. Right. You know, and here comes this Roman walking into this big old Anaconda <laughs> burrito. It's three foot long. <laughs> Yeah, but it's been it's been quite a while. I knew Bill. Uh, he was working at the comic shop before I started working there because I shopped there for what a year before I started working there, right? Yeah, I was um, there from day one. Yeah, you were there from day one. I started shopping there maybe a month after you guys opened, and then uh, yeah, I would go over for the card games and stuff like that and hang out. And you know, he'd always be working there Sundays, and uh, we we're talking about uh, bringing the burrito. Um, usually, I'd. Usually I'd uh, pick up uh, what they call the anaconda burrito. It'd be, what, f- almost four foot long, right? Something like that ungodly yeah, amount of great <laughs> food. Yeah, everybody, uh, me uh, and like two or three of the other employees would always pitch in and we'd grab the big old giant burrito. At the time, it was cheap, too. It was something like, uh, I think it was like 25 or 26 bucks. So it came out to like five, six bucks per uh, per person, like six six and change per person for just a giant burrito. And uh, yeah, dude, they're really, really good. Definitely recommend them. Uh, we just had half a burrito each of uh, yeah. from Taqueria <laughs> at Ailey's here in uh, Fresno and Clovis. Um, but yeah, we uh, got to know Bill. Um, very, very knowledgeable person when it comes to comics, uh, which is really cool, especially on some of the older, more obscure stuff. Um what a <laughs> well i already know what your answer is gonna be but what was your favorite comic bill oh geez if you don't know me it's howard the duck yep <laughs> if you don't know duck you don't know diddly is that who you're gonna be voting for this year you know what yeah so is my buddy Derek too <laughs> yeah. apparently man because get down america there is only one true duck one only one true candidate for this yeah, whole race yeah. it makes the most sense exactly he's a duck <laughs> what else you need to know? He smokes a cigar. He likes women. He comes from another planet. Yes, but I think we can. What do you call it? Naturalize him. Yeah. So yeah. you know, what's wrong with the duck, man? <laughs> now I prefer my duck with no pants, but you know, and that's not a that's not a sexual thing. It's just he was he was created with no pants, and old Disney got a little hair up there or feather 
up their wazoo <laughs> and said he looked too much like Donald, so they yeah, need to throw some pants on him, you know? <laughs> but no, he's, he's my vote. No, I'm not sure about his running candidate yet. I haven't seen who's running with him. But, you know, if it's Beverly, his, his squeeze. Hey. I'd be down for a first lady. Oh, I yeah. Mean, we've already seen uh, the current one. Uh, there, There's pictures of her out there in the nude. <laughs> oh, good Lord. I'm glad I'm half blind. <laughs> Glaucoma, thank you. Take me away. Yeah, uh, I remember going in uh, to the comic shop, and Bill would always be talking about Howard the Duck, old uh, horror books. Cause you're a big, big horror fan too, right? Yeah. But not just comics, but like movies and oh, shows yeah. and all that stuff. You'd always be talking about some cool older stuff. Uh, heavy metal, you'd always tell me about. Um, I'm trying to think what else uh, was big that you were always talking to me about. About uh, anything comments. cool? That's I only talk cool stuff. <laughs> nah, I, I, I don't doubt waste that. my time. No, nah, <laughs> there's some questionable <laughs> stuff that you've talked about. I'm like, Bill, I'm sorry, I can't get down with that. <laughs> I can well, no. get down with a duck, but yeah. not with anything else. Well, I know there's a lot of people who even look at me like, really, Howard the Duck's your favorite comic? But you got to think about it. How many other comic book characters were actually run for president in 1976? I was there, so I know. Well, not just that, it's it's something completely different as well. And there's obviously a fan base because they keep bringing them back like every decade. Each oh, season. yeah. Um, so there's a demand for the duck. Um, but yeah, no, it's, again, everybody has their own weird little thing that they like um, or that they're really, really big fan of. Um, I mean, there's characters that I like that I know aren't the most popular. Like, I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, and he's had kind of his day in the sun, what, a decade, decade and a half ago. But I know he's not the biggest hero or the most money-making, um, but I still like him. You know, there's... Superman's big, but people don't really care for Superman, but I'm still a fan of him. So a lot of it is, at the end of the day, it's for you. You like yeah. it, you know? And again, if you want to uh, read a book about a duck uh, getting down with uh, a human. Hey, now, it's only alleged. <laughs> alleged. It's only alleged. There's no proven bestiality or anything like that. And this is only alleged. They only kissed on screen in the movie. You know? I don't know. I'm calling foul on that one. Ah, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, oh, and then Westerns and stuff. Tim, remember, used to talk to me about Westerns. Oh, shoot, um, did you grow up with a lot of that stuff, or is that something you kind of came into over you know, the years? Kind of 50 50. We grew up, my mom raised us on old horror movies and westerns, you know, and like you couldn't turn on the TV back in the day without, like, my favorite still is Wild Wild West, <laughs> you know, but check it out. That had that show had more martial arts than any other show. Believe it. I mean, even the old TV show Kung Fu couldn't hold a candle to the martial arts and the fighting in this one. Here you had Robert Conrad getting down even in the black and white episodes. Yeah, I forget that. I forget that you you really were big into martial arts too, right? Yeah. You did that for how many years? Oh, started in 79, you know, and I have to use my, I have to take off my shoes account how many years ago that was, but it was, <laughs> it was more than, I don't think I have that many fingers and toes left. But yeah, started back in 79, but see, you also got to remember, that was at the tail end of the kung fu craze, man, because right. old Bruce Lee comes out of just nowhere and blows people away. And you had Billy Jack, the white guy, you know, who's sitting there kicking it with the American Indians and kicking people with, I'm going to put the right side of my foot on the left side of your face. And there's not a <laughs> damn thing you can do about it. And you got all this stuff. You got Carl Weathers singing, not Carl Weathers, but I'm sorry, I can't remember the guy's name that sang Kung Fu Fighting. So there's all this stuff that came in. And then they mixed a Western. And Kung Fu. So it's an Eastern, like they said yeah, in the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the Dragon Eastern, movie. That's cool. <laughs> but it's this, it was just this culture because you had, well, we loved the cowboys. Right. And we always played cowboys and Indians when we were kids. And it didn't matter which side you're on. 
you're both going to lose in the end because somebody's mom is going to yell at you to (laughs) knock it off, you know, and then you got to go to someone else's yard and get in trouble. (laughs) That's just what we did because, you know, you had that kind of stuff. And any show, you could turn on shows, the unbelievable amount of Western shows going all the way back to the 50s, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd probably say since TV started in the the, 50s. Well, Gunsmoke, I think, started off as half-hour episodes in the... 58? That's a long time for an oh, episode, yeah. too, because I know uh, a lot of the movies were probably that long in theaters and whatnot at the oh, time, too. Yeah, so that's yeah. That's a, yeah. And know? I know, yeah, uh, Cowboys, uh, Old West, you know, Wild, well, at the time, just Wild West, big, big part of uh, American history and American culture, you know, you had the, you still had your, your six shooters and your lever actions, you know, Shoot. the gun that won the West. We'd, we'd get Christmas presents of, you know, you'd have holsters of two cap guns with yeah. caps, And they man. were metal, metal yeah, cap guns, too. Yeah, you could, like, hurt someone for real <laughs> with these things and not even shoot them. They'd just whack them with it, you yeah. know? I remember having the old ones where the, the side would uh, swing up and you, you yep. wouldn't have the... You want to have the little caps. It'd be a roll of caps. Yeah. Yeah, and then as you shot, it'd feed them up, and it'd just, you know, plap, plap, plap. And plap. then when your gun broke, we found out if you put them on the curb and got a hammer and you were good, <laughs> you could just go pow, 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 and make them go. But yeah, no, those were those were heavy duty. And, I mean, I've got pictures of me when I'm like four getting a oh, brand wow. new set with a cowboy hat and a vest. <laughs> you know, it looked like a... What, I can't remember what kind of cow's spotted, but it's got the old spotted black, brown and white cow vest, you know. Yeah, looking like Sheriff. Woody. Oh yeah, <laughs> and cowboy boots. Yep. You know, the they call chaps. them cowboy boots. I, you know, that was that was a different era. And all chaps are assless, just so you know. Yeah, all the bills are. Assless. Oh, if they're not, if they got an ass, then it's a pair of pants. It's just a pair of pants. Yeah, all chaps are assless. So. That's a, that's a good thing you bring up though, because I'm trying to think now. Uh, I remember still getting the uh, the cowboy guns and all the whole setup, or even just a ninja outfit. Um, nowadays is you don't see that a whole lot. I mean, you, I guess you get superhero more superhero, which is kind of cool. Um, well, you, America Society, take a look at everything that's been going on, dude. Okay, now check it out. They're even changing the name of the Washington Redskins yeah. and all this. Now, here's the way I look at it. You don't see you know, teams called the Washington Irish guys and all this. They, they took names that they felt were tough and scary right. and strong. And here they're using them and people are getting offended. I'm like, really? That's not the way we took it. Yeah. You know? Because you, you got the Washington Redskins. Well, that's a tough team. Right. Because, again, know? like you were saying, back then, uh, Cowboys and Indians was such a big yeah. thing. And like you said, it didn't matter what side you were on. They were both cool. Yeah. And, again, it's a big part of history. Um, but, again, well, uh, like, generations, if they don't get the context, it might seem. Because, uh, again, like uh, uh, maybe around my age and a little after, the only reason I know is I read a lot of history books and watch a lot of bi- uh, biographics and documentaries and stuff. So I got a pretty good grasp on history and culture and all that stuff. But a lot of people, if they don't have that, link or that tie to them they only just see the facade of it yeah so it's understandable why they can take offense especially if they don't know like there's a lot of there's a lot of american and uh, you know i'm of hispanic descent a lot of uh, mexican history that if i had known it when i saw certain things i'd be like that's racist that's messed up but without that context you can go either way you can either think it's racist or not a lot of it is just getting the right context to it and see i mean yes there was a short-lived baseball team called the Boston Bean Eaters. You can tell that, <laughs> yeah. And that name didn't last, but I mean, they usually took something that was that meant straight. Right, right. It wasn't like they're making fun of them. Uh, to me, yeah, it's just like, no, man, that's something to look up at. Yeah, because no team you ever know? wants to be something that's going to be made fun of. Yeah, you, you got to have something strong. <laughs> Boston Bean Eaters. Uh, yeah, but that's I mean, that, there was a Boston Bean Eaters, <laughs> you know? And it, it's like, for goodness sakes, you know, we'll put it this way. In the 50s, 
was it the Cincinnati Reds had yeah, to change yeah, their name yeah. to the Red Legs. Why is that? Because they didn't want the the Reds as in communism, oh, so they were yeah, taking that yeah. wrong. And I could see that. Yeah. Well, again, at you the know? time, the big thing was McCarthyism. Yeah. You needed if it was not enough to to say you weren't communist and anti-red. You had to vehemently like root it out. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you. If it wasn't on our flag, they'd basically want to get rid of the color red. They they were so scared of it at the time. Well, it's basically a shortening of red stockings because they had the white socks. The Red Sox, well, there's also the Red Stockings, and they just shorten it down to the Reds, but then McCarthyism comes out, and you got to kind of, all right, well, I'm an American, so yeah. i got to have me an American name. I'm, we're, we're the, you know, Red Legs now instead of <laughs> the Reds. Well, that I can kind of understand, but just getting all offended on the names of these teams that had great, strong names. Right. Well, a lot of it, again, know? like I said earlier, is the context. At the time, the context yeah. of Reds, yeah, that's what you don't want. Just like now, again, some of the names are going to be um, – I think a lot of it's like goes in cycles. I got a feeling maybe twenty to thirty years from now, some of these names will be coming back and be like, "Oh, the strong heritage of whatever you know these people is gone" or something like that. Yeah. But we'll see. You know, nobody ever knows what I, the future I felt holds. They had a lot of honor. Yeah. Because it's like showing. Yeah. Well, if they change the name of my Dodgers one more time, because they were actually <laughs> the Trolley Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> they were the Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers. Why, why, where does the name come from? Well, well, because, okay, where Ebbets Field was at, they had all these trolleys that were going in and out, and the fans had to dodge <laughs> the trolleys just to get to the game. And so they they had another name which escapes me, like the Mammoths or something. But they got the they got nicknamed the Trolley Dodgers because the fans were nuts, and they were just, like, dodging in and out of it. And you got to imagine trolleys back then. Moving 15, 20 miles an hour, and here you're growing up in an era that's got leather shoes or leather sold shoes on cobblestone streets. You're gonna slip and hit your ass every and, now and, and then, and you're probably drunk. <laughs> you're, you're probably, probably got a drink or two in you. I mean, you're on the way to the ball game. whiskey, you know. You know. <laughs> you're on and the that's way when to the you're ten game. years old going to the ball game back then. <laughs> yeah. in the, well, in yeah, because you're 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 uh, sweeping chimneys. You had to like loosen yeah. up that that uh, coal in your lungs <laughs> and the soot. Yeah, yeah, it's just to clear the throat. Yeah. So that they get the name the Trolley Dodgers just because of how fanatical the fans right, were right. to get to the game so that's cool and then they cut it down to the dodgers but if they cut that down because they think that's some kind of defamation of character or i don't know what you could call yeah. it you know but i just look at like man they give all these teams these great n names just to put fear into the opponent you know i went to like tioga and they were the tomahawks that's a cool well name. what's wrong with that <laughs> that's a weapon yeah but is that going to be now change again? So it's just to be seen. Yeah. Neither here. It's not my place to say it's perfect. Right. But it was well, just like, man, we got a tough name. Because look at all these teams. We're the Coyotes. Thank goodness they don't have nothing against animals right now. <laughs> yeah. You know? We'll see, huh? <laughs> we never know. I know. I so, know. Uh, um... But see, then, then we go back to the duck. <laughs> should the duck wear pants or shouldn't he? I still say pantsless, man. Yeah, I want to see feathers. I mean, sure. I wish more animals would Donald Duck it, you know? Like, just walk around, T-shirt, let it all hang out. I mean, uh, look at Pooh Bear. Hey. Yeah, you know, he's just got the shirt on. He knows what's up. Yeah, you um, know? <laughs> yeah. So what about a... Uh, all right, so let, let's... Uh, back on the, the duck and uh, and comics or just stories you like. What is a story that, uh, you know, when you think back on... It doesn't even have to be from when you were a kid, but just growing up oh. or something from your past... Where you remember a TV show or a movie or a, a comic or a game, something that you look back and you're like, "That's a cool story." Well, now I'm going to put you in into little Billy Tool's shoes back in <laughs> 1977. He's in fourth grade, just getting into rock and roll and all kinds going. of stuff. And I'm watching TV one Saturday morning, 
because they had great cartoons on, man, even when you're at that age. I'm only I'm only 10. You know, was only 10, excuse me. <laughs> you're, you're a few 10s now. <laughs> a few. Just a few. <laughs> but then all of a sudden I see this this trailer for a movie called Star Wars. And you don't know what the hell that's Dude, about. It's like we, we've heard of Star Trek and we had all these other space things well, going on. But what the heck did I just see this guy with a black mask and this big hairy <laughs> thing come on? And you're like, whoa. And the robot talked, you know, and we were like, what? Mom, mom, we got to go to the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget. I was like one of my last friends to be able to be allowed to go see it because it was rated PG. Man, it was not a G movie. Right. I came from a G, G movie family, you know. That's rough. And then convinced them there's nothing wrong with this. The only reason they did it because of some of the, the violence. But it wasn't, it was you know, space guys fighting yeah, other yeah. space guys. Obi-Wan cuts off a dude's hand, you know, well, something like they that. They didn't show you that until, you know. But I remember <laughs> my grandmother taking us through the first showing that we saw. We were a couple minutes late. They had just landed the... the the droids had just landed on the, the, crash the planet. Pod, yeah. yeah, the crash escape pod. And we're watching this thing and just felt immensely engrossed in another and world. In love. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I, now see, here's one thing because I know how you feel about droids and Wookies. <laughs> yeah, no Wookies one likes cool. them. I love them. I, I love, love them and the droids. Nah, I'm not a big fan now, of the droids. See, <laughs> here we go. If I had C3P's arm, three uh, C3PO's arm, I'd slap you with it right now. <laughs> well, you know, with 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 the good arm or the bad arm, just because. But it's just you fell in love with these characters. Well, so here, and, uh, yeah. Hold that thought. So you said like there was Star Trek at the time you heard about that, but even that was over a decade old, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because they did what the uh, three seasons, right? Yeah, they did the three years, and that was in the sixties. Yeah, um, was it Lucille Ball uh, bankrolled the pilot? I want to say. And yeah, and uh, again, Star Trek's really cool. I've, I've gone back and started watching it, um, but Star Trek. Sci-fi and space is completely different than Star Wars. Star oh, Wars, when it yeah. came out, it revolutionized everything. There's space, there's sci-fi post and pre-Star Wars because you know Lucas FX, like the whole the the special effects, like he just revolutionized everything. And again, uh, Star Trek did a lot what they that they could with the technology at the time and the budget and everything. Um, but Star Wars is just something completely different. I'm, I'm very um, how do you say? Uh, I'm very jealous. I'm very uh, of you being able to see it when it came out and having it be brand new. Because um, as a lot of my friends know, I didn't get into Star Wars till way later. And going back watching the original movies, I'm like, man, this is cool. And you got to remember, you came in born into Star Wars. It was already here. Exactly. But how it became the phenomenon that it is, you got to remember, 1977, we had. Rotary dial phones. Station wagons with wood panels. Exactly, dude. <laughs> we had newspapers, magazines, radio, TV. Color TV That's was it. pretty new at the time, too, hey, right? Hey, we had these remotes that would change one channel at a time. You mean the clicker. Yeah, the clicker. <laughs> but you got to remember, this thing became huge worldwide in a matter of like two, three weeks. Everybody around the world knew about it. There was no internet. Nope. You had, basically what I said, you had TV the newspaper and the radio was your biggest. It, it went you know, viral. You know, it wasn't a term at the time, but you know, it's pretty, oh, yeah. what we call it now. It's like, it, like you said, it went viral within weeks, which is was unheard of at the time too. My my old uh, coach uh, and woodshop teacher back in high school, uh, Coach Mag. Uh, shout out to Coach Mag Fireball High School. He was telling me the same thing when he was uh, when it came out. He tried to go watch it so many times, but the line was a mile mm -hmm. long. He, they, his parents literally had to drop him off a mile away because the line was that long. I'm like, that's freaking crazy. Like, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine waiting an hour to watch this movie. 
But, you know, somebody, when it came out, seeing, like, the trailer and hearing oh, all the yeah. buzz, well, you gotta, it's, you don't it was, not watch it now. It was larger <laughs> than life. When I first saw the trailer, I thought, my God, Darth Vader's, like, the size of Galactus in the comics, but he yeah. wasn't. It's just what you saw for those but th- that's like how 15 you feel, seconds. Though. That's how you feel, yeah. though, is you see him, and especially being a kid, you know, you say you're 10 years old, um, seeing Vader in the in the, the trailer and you being a child, you, he might as well be like Galactus. He's the big bad guy. He's intimidating. Uh-huh. Like They did a good job with the design, the way they portrayed him. Um, again, I talk to people a lot like, well, you were you were around uh, when the that Vader series came out, that Charles Soule wrote, yeah, the one yeah. the transition between. And I would tell people, you see Vader, you know, in, in A New Hope at, at the time, just called Star Wars, where he's this big bad and he's scary just by looking at him. You know, man, this guy's scary and intimidating. And then you see Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker turning into Vader. And you're like, that, that, that's Darth Vader. Like, I don't get it. Well, how was a transition? So it's cool seeing that comic transition to that because you're right. Vader was... Galactus for all you know. Now, for did Star you Wars. hear what you just said though? What's that? You didn't even realize it, but you got to remember all of what you just said came off of one movie that they were crossing their fingers. Oh, yeah, was going to at least bust even. Yeah, well, that's the big you thing know? I tell people. Just I'm a huge, one little movie. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge Ralph McQuarrie fan. He's the guy who did all the concept artwork yeah. for Star Wars. And the reason I'm such a huge fan is not only does the artwork look cool and you get to see where everything kind of came from. But it was also a huge part on the movie getting made. I mean, like you said, they had so little faith in it. When when George Lucas asked uh, Fox Studios for marketing rights, they're like, yeah, sure. Nobody's going to want to buy toys or whatever to your stupid, <laughs> stupid sci-fi movie. They gave him, what, a million dollars, which is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money for a movie. <laughs> well, you got to remember... Luke kissed Leia in that first movie, and I don't think they actually had yeah. plans for that second one. No, not because at all. I can tell you in a, for a couple different reasons. Like, A, well, yeah, he kissed her, but, you know, the, to begin with, Marvel Comics was putting out this comic book, because we saw the comic on the on the racks, but didn't pay much attention to it, because we didn't know what it was. But yeah. It says, from the greatest movie of all time, or what greatest sci-fi movie of all time, right. and then it comes out. So the first couple of issues come out, then the movie hits, then all of a sudden, one of the first books to get reprinted, like, I don't know how many times. That book, you just, it was like, it's as hot as stuff is today, but for a reason, right. because the world was catching on, so you wanted to read everything. And they're doing all this, and Luke and Leia kept smooching mm-hmm. in those issues that came out, because you got to remember, the first six issues... Did the movie. It was adaptation. But that first true Star Wars story, issue number seven of the original line, yeah. where it was Han Solo and Chewie and this, oh, my hair's standing up. I wish you guys could <laughs> see this. But uh, it was the first true Star Wars story that Marvel had written. And they're just going with it. And like every other issue, Lucas smooching Leia. Right. What was it, issue you know? nine or ten, the one that uh, you told me was a origin story for Obi-Wan? So oh, that's, that that's, that's like, yeah, it's in the st- like 16 or something like okay. that. But it's it a has full story. Yeah. yeah, it's got a full story of Obi-Wan. And again, you would have never... Uh, that's the thing. Is, uh, I was just talking to someone. I mean, you know I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But for me, the movies are cool. But for me, it's all about the expanded universe. Yeah. Um, I got into it because of the books, the video games, and then eventually the comics. And that's where you get all the stories. You know, if you never read those stories, you'd never know. Because, again, the, the movies, this this universe is so dense. And there's so much stories to tell that a two-and-a-half, three-hour movie, it's it's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. It's what you see. And then there's the hole underneath it where you're like, 
wow, that's awesome. Like you said, the comic, like there was a, a Obi-Wan or Ben Kenobi story yeah. at the time and nobody knew. You, you knew he was an old wizard dude yeah. with a pointy brown hat for some reason. And uh, yeah, like he disappears when lights here or when, when Vader cuts him down. And uh, and you have no no you know you know he fought on the Clone Wars you're like what the hell are the Clone Wars so it was cool like you said you you get these original Star Wars stories when there's nothing else like nobody nobody even knew if there was gonna be a second movie there there yeah. was well by the way the Marvel comics were scripting the stories with full reign I would imagine just because they still had them smooching and I'm not gonna fixate on that but it's just to show you in retrospect that they didn't think there's gonna be a second one but they had all these great characters that a lot of today's people that are younger than myself who know more about Star Wars, um, the whole folklore, because I didn't watch a whole lot of the animated stuff, but I just remember these stories were great, but they're not canon, so to speak. Yeah. But they were immensely just, how should I even say it? They were so ahead of their time. Well, and then uh, you, know, you, know, you, you bring up the smooching, but even from the first movie, he, it, on screen, he doesn't kiss her until the second one, Empire Strikes Back on Hoth, and... It, it, it feels like it's almost a, a throwaway thing line that they do at the end of the last movie, Return of the Jedi. We're like, oh yeah, there's another one, and we're like, wait, what? And goes, oh yeah, yeah it's her sister. Oh cool. Well, You're just gonna gloss over the incest. <laughs> you know, he kissed her square on the lips in the first one, right before they swing over that big chasm inside the the Death Star. And I'm thinking, yeah, and they they just kept doing all that in the comics. But then there was a point, oh, somewhere in the early number twenties of the comic where they stop smooching. And then here, about 12 issues later, comes the adaptation for Empire Strikes Back. Because they were bringing that second one in. And then I think he just got a kiss on the cheek for because he was well, she no, was no, happy no. he was alive. You no, know? remember, he, uh, he says, she says, I'll kiss anybody who comes around that corner. Yeah. And, he, and, and she kisses him yeah. on the lips. Because, again, I think at the time they still didn't know where they were going with the story. Um, again, because at the end of Return of the Jedi, it's such a throwaway line where he's like, oh, there's another. Yeah. And then he doesn't outright say it. Like, he just says, like, oh, uh, Luke's talking to Lady. He's like, oh, yeah, they, they said there's another one. And I think that's you. Like, okay. You just, again, such a throwaway line. But it's, it's something so small yet so big. Like, um, like you said, they, they kept doing it in the comics for so long. Yeah. And I just feel like a lot of it is kind of flying by the seat of their pants. Like, oh, cool, we got another movie coming out. Let's. Yeah, but you got to imagine how we felt at our age. Now, see, I would have been what probably twelve or thirteen when that one comes out. Luke, I am your father. Such a what the heck did we just hear? Empire you know? Strikes Back is probably one of, if not the greatest sequels ever. Oh, it's a great that, movie. I, I think of the Star Wars movie, it's probably the best one. Now, do I? As much as I love Empire Strikes Back, I mean, fuck, I got a Boba Fett skateboard yeah. up on the wall. Like, I love that movie. Now, when people say it's the greatest standalone movie, not at all. If you don't have this first Star Wars movie, that movie doesn't make sense. Yeah. So again, standalone, probably not the best, but sequel, the best. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's up there. Probably top five would have to be uh, Empire Strikes Back, T2, Terminator 2 is freaking badass. Uh, Very true. Robocop 2 sucks. I'm not going to put that on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, a lot of those like 80s, I, I feel like the 70s and 80s had such good sequels because you had a really good first movie. And then they build on it on the second one, and then the third one is where they kind of start. Yeah. Well, look at the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, it, see, that's know? another one too. Oh my lord! What was the second one? It was a uh, was it Temple of Doom was the Temple first. Temple of was, Doom. Okay, was yeah. the second one. Okay, because it was yeah. Indiana Jones and then Temple of Doom and then Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? No, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark is the first one. Is it the first okay, one? Yeah, okay, that, that's the first one because they're finding the Ark of the Covenant, and then comes Temple of Doom, and then the last or the Last Crusade with his dad. That's right. That's and right. They, that's right. And they get into the a lot more of the was Nazi a- mumbo jumbo. <laughs> yeah. You know. And I still found the fourth one with the aliens not so over the top. Right. Only because that was probably Shia LaBeouf's 
best performance ever because he didn't talk much. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a little weird. Like it, it was a lot more Hollywood. That's for oh, sure. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought it was a cool idea. I mean, I've always I love the ancient aliens TV show. So to me, I was just like, Dude, yeah, whatever. Why? Why can't aliens? You ever make seen them? a crystal skull? They no. Talk, they talk really talk to you. I've seen one crystal skull, and it's just somebody. I don't know if it's like mass produced or not, but I've seen one little crystal skull, and I was afraid to touch it because that movie going. <laughs> Nope, no, nope, no. Nope. I'm you're not going to babble in tongues. I'm not going to touch it. Nope. <laughs> well, you're nope. like, it's probably not, but why risk it? You know? <laughs> yeah. But it's just the fact that I thought, oh, what a cool idea. But those were good sequels. Although, by the time it got to, the one with Sean Connery was still good. Yeah. But not near as good as, as the first Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. And Temple of Doom was up there, too. Temple of Doom was bad. Sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got some some ancient cult that's, you know, oh, it makes me shiver <laughs> just to think about it. So uh, back to Star Wars. So you, you'd say the reason you really liked the story and the, the, the movies and stuff was more on the characters and the story? Oh, yeah. Dude, I was Han Solo. He shot first, by the way. Oh, definitely. Han Solo was like the, because I was big in the James Bond stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, and, the and, quick draw. Yeah, he was like, that was, oh, there goes the hair standing up again. <laughs> I wish you guys could see this. But yeah, he was like the guy. And then he had this cool sidekick, a Wookiee, that he could talk to and not many other people could. You know, and you're going like, this is better than Batman and Robin because they're not in spandex Let the and they're looking win. really cool, you know. But yeah, I remember when he shot the guy, when he shot, was it Greedo first? Greedo, yeah. He blasted his ass. And he, oh, yeah. We knew, like, yeah. But he's supposed to be a. See, and that's the thing, too, is that the one thing that obsessed me is like, oh, well, he's supposed to be a, 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 a rebel hero and this and that. I'm like, yeah, but the whole point they were meeting him, you know, Hummus uh, was it a hive of scum and villainy? You know, he's mm-hmm. scum, he's villainy. He's he's a fringe character. He's he's a smuggler. He's a dirty, you he's know, scruffy, a scallywag. He's a, uh, with a scruffy nerf herder. Like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't know. let him date my granddaughter. <laughs> put it that way. You know, but he's he's this badass. You know, tough as nails. And I get it though. I I like the idea that he was in it for himself. Um, tough as nails, like jaded character and it took luke and leia to show him kind of how to be heroic again you know because at the end of the first movie he's leaving right yeah and then he ends up coming back to help him and that's yeah, kind of he tips the battle in he, their favor he got a little soft and yeah. came back and helped out his friends See, and that makes sense you know though. they became friends you know he gets sidetracked with uh the rebellion you know being a general he becomes a general um so again it's, it's a really cool character development and for them to change it like again it's funny how such a minute change can change the complete you know completely change the character and i well dude the guy had smuggling compartments in the millennium falcon you tell me an american <laughs> general that's got smuggling compartments and we got a problem <laughs> but this dude was like ultra cool you know and he did come back to save his friends becomes a yeah. general you know but still the wookie sidekick man i'm <laughs> telling you that's what sold i well, I mowed enough lawns and washed enough cars back in 77 to see that sucker 33 times. Oh, my God. And, yeah, <laughs> I might have been the only one in my school that saw it only 33 times. There's people that saw it 50 times. Wow. You know, but, but those were the rich kids. Well, and, and, yeah, at the time, there was, what, maybe two to three other movies in theater at the oh, time anyways? Probably yeah. when Star Wars was out, they're like, this theater's only playing Star Wars right now. You know what? I got to be honest. I don't even remember what other movies were out right. at the time. So I really don't because it was that big. Yeah, they might have had like one or two movies, and as soon as they got big, they're like, we need more reels, and we'll just play this nonstop to get people in spending money. Festival and Six. It's now a used car dealership that was down. That's down the street from the Barstow store. Six theaters, and I'm pretty sure they showed it at least on two of the screens when it got huge, if right. not three. Yeah. No. You know. Again, it was it was 
it was something completely different. And you you know you bring up uh, Chewbacca, and it's 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 funny when you look watch it, you forget how much comedy was in this movie too. There's stuff like you know uh, um, Han Solo saying like "Don't talk back to me" or whatever, and you know Chewbacca. He's like, I heard oh. that. <laughs> and you don't know what he's saying. Yeah. But you have to use your imagination. That's where it comes in your imagination. And then look at the droids. I remember some of the first. They had so much stuff being sold, so many toys and this and that. But my cousin, man, he got this remote-controlled R2-D2, 18 so inches cool. tall, that had a wire that would, con- you know, it was plugged into it. And you had this look, little- so you had to stay within the wire's reach of it. <laughs> but it went forward, backwards, and turned one direction, you know. Or it would do a circle if you yeah, kept going, yeah, but yeah. you had to walk around it. But that That's was funny. That was stuff. I mean, they had. We had sheets. We had the action figures. I mean, look at some of the prices of these action figures. Oh, yeah. Look at your Boba Fett, man. <laughs> well, that, and, that first was like eighty something thousand because there's two made. They never put it in production. Yeah, the the jet fire or the the rock, the missile firing yeah. jetpack. The yeah. it was supposed to be a mail away promo, and then uh, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of prototypes out there. So um, there's this collector. Uh, his collect. Uh, it's like a museum right now. It's called the Rancho Obi One huge his, his collection just got so big that people started donating stuff which is cool that's the dream right yeah you get a big enough collection people just start giving you cool stuff that's super expensive I don't gotta buy no more yeah man. exactly <laughs> well he had a an employee who was stealing from him i think they said like four to six years he had been stealing from them one of the things he stole was that prototype boba fett because oh. he had one and it's like bro it's like a twenty thousand dollar figure at the time yeah who are you gonna sell that to like there's two hmm yeah, that was, that's a smart guy. Right? Yeah, they caught him hella quick, like hella fast. Well, hopefully um, they threw him in the pit, just like they yeah. did in many of the Star Wars movies, man. <laughs> the Rancor Pit or the Pit of Carcoon? Which one's worse? Oh, that's a toughie. <laughs> that's a toughie. Do I wanna... like them all. <laughs> but no, the... Uh, or what, that, that's was how... this, what was the one in the sand? No, the Pit of Carcoon, yeah, that's the Starlight what, that, Pit? The, yeah, the, the sand butt hole. for a thousand yeah. years. That, probably that one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, that's how I got into Star Wars. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, I never liked Star Wars uh, when I was a kid. So in my head, I'm too cool you know, for school. I'm this kid that's like, oh, Star Wars is for nerds. And I'm not a nerd. I'll never like Star Wars. Episode one comes out. My family, like, they buy the vhs at the time because mm-hmm. this was it had been 1999 2000 i forget when it came out like oh this is star wars you're gonna like it i watch and i'm like fuck this sucks man like this is a star wars it's a good thing i'm not into it and then star wars episode two comes out in 2003 2004 and i see the clones i see the jedi i see the ships and i'm like these toys look freaking cool so that's what got me into it, it was the toys and it, oh, it's crazy okay. how big of a culture the the star wars toys have alone um, and then from seeing the toys, I want to watch the movies. I watch a movie. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I go back. I watch the original ones. I'm like, damn, these are freaking badass. I should have been watching this the whole time. Um, but again, it was it was I was never into Star Wars because of the movies. So I don't have that nostalgia for it. I just see them as good movies, and I like the the universe is really dense. It's really cool. Like you said, it's cool. Just the characters and the universe that are built. You can you can get lost in it. I mean, dude, I have hundreds, if not thousands, of star wars memorabilia like my closet's full of it i got crap up on my walls i got a freaking 180 dollar boba fett watch you got like, your c3po underoos on right no, now no, man no. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to know i don't want to but we'll check it because i took my son this is how i relived it when they first started bringing back what i call the first three which is episode yeah, four original, five and six yeah the original trilogy i took my son to go see these at the movies and he was it was like the first time for him Although, be it, I was slightly disappointed with the remastering of stuff, yeah, you know, exactly. and the added scenes. I wasn't the biggest fan of that. Well, the problem, you I know? think, too, is, I, so I get he had a, um, 
a vision a vision but the problem is, is the cgi at the time was not as good as it is now um to where when they added all that you can tell you're like that doesn't look like it belongs here yeah. that got added and it took away some of the charm because it, it pulls you out of it we were trying to figure out as kids how did they do the laser blast did they get the piece of film and then scratch it so where you see this blast going in because it was just all this stuff that we'd never saw in star trek yeah, not saw on anything else. Completely revolutionized oh, uh, special you, effects. You look at any movie five, any space movie made five years before that, and it's going to be hokey, dude. And some of them are mildly entertaining, but it's yeah. going to be hokey. It's not. They tried with all Logan's Run, bomb. Well, they those, tried uh, all this stuff, you uh, know. Um, not, not what was the one? Uh, not Starship Troopers. Um, what's the other one? Uh, was it Lost in Space? The one that had the robot? Now, Lost in Space was a TV show that came out in the yeah. '60s, and that kind of that that foreshadowed Star Trek, because here's this family that gets blasted out there. I have the whole series, just, <laughs> just as, so you know. And it started off kind of a serious one, oh, you know. Really? The black and white episodes are a little bit more horror based. There's some scary stuff compared to the color versions that came out for the next two it's seasons. Get a little more lighthearted. Oh yeah, because there's only so much you can do when there's this family that's kind of mm. like being stuck on Gilligan's Island. How many coconut pies can you make? Well, how many times can you keep getting lost and not be able to get home or find Alpha Centauri? But they led up to all this. So they had this robot that was limited. And then comes Star Trek, which no robots, just maybe that one or two that wanted to blow yeah. up the world, you know. And then remember the first Star Trek movie, bomb. V'ger, really? <laughs> terrible. And I like Star Trek, but that was terrible. It wasn't until Wrath of Khan came out and go, oh, now we got a chance. Star Trek was really cool. Again, I'm re-watching it. I'm maybe 24 episodes into the original series. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Like, I, when I was getting into it, people were saying, don't watch it. It's very hokey. It's very campy, this and that. I'm like, well, I like that kind of stuff. So you're saying I should watch it then. And I watched and like, I get what they're talking about. But a lot of the stuff, like, I mean, a lot of people know I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan. I love yeah. Rod Serling. Those episodes to me, most of them are timeless. Like, the the, the story, the plot, the, the, the message you're trying to send still conveys today. Um, uh, it's just not black and white anymore. So that's what I like about watching the original Star Trek. Um, like you said, the 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 graphics or the uh, special effects might not have been there, but the story was. Yeah. And when you're a kid, I don't know if I can't remember the episode, but there's this big blob. It was down in these caverns. It would like burn people, and Spock mind melded to it. And when you look at it now, as a piece of foam rubber with some carpet glued here and there. But when you're a painted, kid, you know? your your mind fills in yeah. all these gaps. You know, like you said, uh, uh Darth Vader was like Galactus. Oh. Like, yeah, because in your head you're watching the train, you're yeah. like, oh my god, this guy's so he's bigger he's than hundred foot. Tall. How, how are you going to defeat this big bad villain? Uh. So again, it's really really cool. There's very few. There's very few things that live up to how you remember it, but there every now and then you there's somewhere you watching it and it's just as good, or the memories come back and you're like, oh my god, I remember loving this so much. And that's the one thing I do like uh, about doing this podcast with guests is hearing them talk about stuff that they grew up with, um, that they just they think back on and it's just it's it's good memories, it's good times, you know. Well, uh, um, e- even if it's a uh, sad story, you know, there's a lot of uh, shows that I would watch or movies that I would watch. Or even games, video games that I played growing up, they had a lot of good stories in them, and they're sad. But I remember playing them and being like, "This is freaking good! Like, this is always going to be worth going back and just remembering, or thinking on, or replaying, or rewatching." Um, and Star Wars is such a a weird one for me. It's it's cool again. It's I'm re- I am very envious that you uh were able to experience it right when it came out because that's something that a lot of people don't have uh oh, that memory. I mean, clearly it was shoot thirty three years before I was born. Yeah. So. Nothing I can do about that. <laughs> well, you know, just the fact that when you see movies on the big screen, no matter what age, you're like, it gets you. 
That's why I had to see like Bohemian Rhapsody. I had to see it on yeah, the big I screen. I want to watch that too. I had to see it on the big screen. Great movie. But when you see Star Wars for the first time in this dark room and just all these people going crazy, it hits you, you know? And then there were some other movies in that era. Okay, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Or fourth kind. that one. Never, it, it just tried. Right. E.T. years later. E.T., yeah. Tries, but it just, it just, you know, they were trying to put all this into one character, all this stuff. So they had this kind of cool, robotish, you know, type of special effects, but that was it. And then you built this family around it. So it had all these other movies that tried, but never really got it. Yeah. Then you get, now, how many movies also are good enough to get parody? Spaceballs. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You know? Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I, I really like that movie. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Um, it's very campy, but you get what they're trying to say. And not just that, the story's decent. Even now, like, I, it's still funny, even if you're not a Star Wars oh, fan. Yeah. It's just a funny movie, you too. Know, Jim J. Bullock is playing, what's his, what, I can't remember the prince's name, but it's just, it's so goofy, but it's because Star Wars was so big. Yeah, yeah. You know, without the Star Wars, you wouldn't have space balls. You wouldn't have... You wouldn't have had the Ewoks Christmas special, you know. <laughs> Let me tell you what. See, we waited when that kind of stuff came on TV. Oh, that, we were there was, watching it. That was your plan. And it was for goofy. that day, yeah, yeah. And we knew it was on. I think it was like a Sunday night, and we had to be good the entire week before that, or they were not going to let us watch it at Grandma and Grandpa's <laughs> house. And rest their souls, but my Grandma and Grandpa put up with a lot of what they called, "What is this stuff?" Right, you know, and they. I don't get it. That's a stupid. Well, yeah, that I. You know, if he doesn't let the one go out on DVD, maybe it wasn't the best thing ever. But when you're a kid, that was something else. Oh yeah, because it was the first time Star Wars came to TV. Mm-hmm. It, it okay. was TV first. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's yeah. it was made for TV. Did you ever watch? That's the, how big it was. The Droids cartoon show. That one I've only seen bits and pieces because as a working man, my son would be watching that stuff, and right. I'd be having to either coming in from work and it's ending or going to work. Yeah, but I never never got to see it. Yeah, but I never see, look it. what that one movie spurred off those all these the like the clone stuff. What is that? Uh, the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars and all yeah. these other ones that are just like oh my goodness, yeah, and they the, all tie in, but they're all canon. See, that's where I still have this thing about the canon stuff. Yeah, especially know? it doesn't help that they've been shifting what is and isn't canon in the yeah. last like. I'm telling you, years. if you haven't read issue number seven of Star Wars, that very first true non-Lucas story, it'd be a hell of a movie. Actually, the three issues, the seven, eight, and nine, had the whole, his little posse, man. He's got a six-foot <laughs> horny you know, porcupine lady. He's in. He's got this guy who thinks he's Don Quixote, and just his little posse stupid, was just crazy uh, green cool. Green Bugs Bunny alien. Yeah, Jax. Jax the rabbit. Oh it's God. a six-foot talking <laughs> rabbit, man. Now, they weren't trying to tap on Howard the Duck with that one. This is just something to throw that, what the, you know, that kind of, yeah. what, the, what the heck is going on here, craziness into when this Star Wars world. And it's space, too, so why, why can't there be an alien that's, you know, yeah. a green rabbit? I just, uh, to me, the big thing about that is I get, it's it's old, it's Marvel, you know, it was the comics. The one thing that upset me about the new, because uh, he's canon now since they put him in the new, in the oh, new Marvel canon, or in the new Marvel comics, all mm-hmm. the new Marvel ones are canon. What upset me is when they got rid of all the old expanded universe and said it's no longer canon it's called quote-unquote legends they said but we will have stuff inspired i'm like oh cool you'll get rid of all the dumb stuff that doesn't make sense and pick and choose all the good and make a new canon with that i'm like that's a cool idea and then they bring the green rabbit i'm like oh, i thought you were gonna get rid of all the hokey yeah. stuff you know it's like when when uh dc reboots and they kind of keep the good storylines and get rid of all the weird stuff that doesn't make sense yeah uh, it's like all right cool i, I understand that you know you pick and choose what you want to keep as canon and kind of get rid of the stuff that didn't really make sense 
And that, that's see, that's a different generation who's been put in charge. The way I look at it, and the, I have nothing against different generations, but it's like you got to remember your roots, and you got to remember where this thing came from. You're so lucky you even know what Star Wars is because it could have been a bomb and you never heard of it. It could have came, you know, uh, like that you the could be wrong finding, weekend. Yeah, you could be finding the early comics in the the quarter bins. Yeah, Who, what the heck is a Star Wars? Yeah, man? yeah. ain't no Star Trek. They'd be making fun of it, like, oh, the best movie in the world. Like, yeah, yeah. But because I mean, you can. I mean, I'm just trying to look at your room, and they had Star something for Star Wars for almost everything in here. Yep, lampshade. Oh my freaking god, freaking banks. I, I, you you yeah. can have your own plate and bowl set. You know. And have a spoon that was one was C three P and one's you know R two R two and one's a Wookie. Just I remember when Disney bought Star Wars. I think it was for five point four billion dollars, and people were saying they overpaid for it. It's not worth that much. I'm like, Mm. merchandising alone is worth that much. You can literally print Star Wars on toilet paper, and people will buy it. You know why? Because it's Star Wars, and it could be one ply. (laughs) Okay, in the because you know I like the black and white magazines of the seventies. In a lot of those, they had ads. Unlicensed material was That's being funny. sold because somebody screwed up and didn't get the rights to all the licensing product, not knowing, oh, you could sell underwear with, with <laughs> Luke's face on it and it's going to sell? Oh, heck yeah. You know? And it's just stuff like that you didn't see because you, how are you supposed to see something like that? It, yeah, it shouldn't yeah, yeah. have been what it was, but it was. And it caught on so hard. And I mean, I didn't fall prey to, oh, all my friends are telling me about this movie. No, I remember that very first trailer. Mom, yeah, for, we got to go to the movies. Yeah, you, you know? didn't get caught in the hype. You were, no. you were part of it from the whole from I the was beginning. part of the hype. Yeah. Because and, we and saw a- this one, I mean, for God's sake, I would love to see that original trailer just to see what sparked my whole right. you know, fire on this thing. No, it's funny how memories work sometimes too, because like you said, you'll watch a trailer and all of that will come back. It's like sometimes like with smells or certain sounds, they just like like a a, a connection in your brain is made where you're like, oh shoot, I just had a weird like memory pop back into me. The one that got me recently that was like that was a uh, I've been watching a podcast uh, show uh, um, called Bad Friends and it's two comedians, it's, uh, Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino. You know Bobby Lee. Um, I know Bobby Lee because of Mad TV. Yeah. So when Derek, I was talking to Derek about it, um, uh, my boss, a uh, mutual friend, and he says, I remember Bobby Lee from Mad TV. I'm like, yeah, me too. And he goes, I remember they did a John Cena episode. And I'm like, and I'm thinking like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, there was a day where he hangs out with them. I'm like, and it snapped. Because that was one of the last Mad TV episodes I watched. I'm like, I, exactly. I do remember that. I, told him, I remember when he, when he says, I thought you were my fan. He goes, I am. And he points to a shrine of John Cena. So I pulled up the video, watched it. And I'm like, yeah, I vividly remember that and just him saying that like sparked that memory in me it was like a a, a match to like a freaking uh a fuse it's just like well every time you say his name that's all i can picture is from mad tv (laughs) you know and the goofy little characters that he played but he was good at it yeah yeah and it makes such an impact i just can't imagine him doing anything if he's doing something serious it's gonna be like me watching robin williams doing one hour photo not expecting something oh wow this was great you know no, that's funny. So what about uh, recently? Is there anything you've been watching, playing, reading recently? Well, that- you know what's funny? Because of the COVID thing, I started, I wouldn't say reminiscing, but I was just going back and like I watched the entire series of Kung Fu with David Carradine. And just last week, I finally got what I'm going to call 
the finale, okay? They had three seasons of this show, which was actually really good. And yes, semi-racist, but they explained that he was half Chinese, half American. That's why I got this <laughs> white cat playing a Chinese guy in a Shaolin, you know, as a monk. But then it was during a time of America that was really racist against everybody, including the Irish people. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, that it, was, it that. was set in this. So it's it's set in like the 18... Well, this is even after the Civil War, so... Or not Civil yeah. War. Yeah, no, after the right. Civil War. During the railroads. Yeah, and so uh, this is during all that. Railroads were built, um, the Union Pacific, because I just rewatched Hell on Wheels. We were talking about that the yeah, other day. Yeah, uh, exactly. Central Pacific was uh, the, the bulk of the forces that were used to... Uh, the workforce was freed black slaves... So they called them the freedmen, and it was Irish immigrants who were treated just as bad as yep. the blacks were at the time. And then eventually, when they got to Utah, they started trucking in uh, Mormons who were persecuted all the way from Northeast America all the way to Utah just for their beliefs. So they used them on the West Coast, um, the Western Pacific Railroad, was Chinese yeah. labor. So again, all these like... Um, uh, exploited uh, races who, again, at the time it was, I do this or I die of starvation. Yeah. Like, there was no choice. So, again, they were very ex exploited at the time. So, um, that's the one thing I do like about Hell on Wheels is they, they just show you, you think Wild West and, again, you think of, like, everybody's all clean shaven and clean and, you know, uh, a shiny freaking sheriff badge yeah. and clean clothes. It's like, no. Fake looking Western. Yeah, it, like spaghetti Western. Yeah. yeah. And you watch Hell on Wheels and you're like, these people are disgusting. Dirty. Like, yeah, and You exactly. can smell them through the TV. Yeah. You know, you see the yeah. girls and I'm like, how are these women supposed to be prostitutes? They look freaking nasty. Yeah, I like, <laughs> but, again, at the time, that if that's all you can get, man. That freaking was a woman. Yeah, it's basically yeah. Marie Antoinette to you. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, they did a really good job on a, uh, you know, what was a the O'Toole the yeah the, when he's gonna tool live, there yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, his yeah, name yeah, was Tool, tool. you're but right with one was, L yeah yeah um uh Tool he when he was getting ready to lynch uh, uh Elam um Commons character yeah. uh he tells him he goes you know why I hate you and your people he goes this because in in uh back in where you know back in Ireland or what was it back in England. Or the United Kingdom, the Irish are the N words of there. You know, we're yeah. we're, we're basically what you are back in our home country. Uh. I'm like that's so messed up, but it it just tells you at the time you got you got these two exploited um, people that are basically pitted against each other to survive. And that's why there's so much animosity now too. It's like people, you can't just wipe away a lot of that stuff. You you got to grow and uh, and get better. But people don't know. Like a lot of people just don't know that. They, they don't they 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 remember slavery because that's what's taught in the history books right but yeah. they don't really teach you about the Irish being exploited. No, no, the no, potato and, famine uh, led so many of those poor guys over here. That's why my family was here. We yeah. got persecuted. Oh yeah, and then you indentured know? servants, which is a fancy word for slave. Yeah. Um, you know, you you were indentured to work. It's like you work to survive. If you don't, uh, we'll we'll send you back. Thank God, my great grandfather actually knew a trade and was a cobbler. Made handmade boots. Only thing that got him through, you know, but they were. They were immigrants of immigrants and like yeah. poor. Our, you know, we, I didn't come from no rich family. But watching this this whole Kung Fu series, just watching, because it was intriguing. Remember I told you in the 70s there was that whole big Kung Fu thing because of Bruce Lee. And this was partially his idea, even though they never really gave him credit for it. Yeah, I watched Only the, in the movie Dragon. In the, yeah, in the movie. That's probably the most credit <laughs> you'll ever get for the poor guy's story. But now this also ties into Bruce Lee because... Here goes my hair standing up. So they had these three seasons, you know, and yeah, man, it's a monk and he, you graduate by you 
grab this burning pile or this burning cauldron with your forearms and you you get branded with a dragon and a and a um, tiger on one side and a dragon on the other and now you're a man oh my goodness <laughs> but you're watching all this stuff and you're you're feeling for the guy because they they show him he is persecuted in every episode no matter what except for the peoples that he helps right you know that went from women children black people irish immigrants other chinese other asians Right, so kind of like uh, Bruce Banner in the old uh, Hulk ones. Yeah. He's all, always, you know, dun, 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 yeah. you know, like going from town to town helping people out, but nobody's going to help him out, really. Don't make me angry. <laughs> yeah. You get Lou Frigno. Yeah, and he's just like, he's got to keep going. Well, they ended the show after three seasons, and basically, he was the whole time, he came to America because he killed the emperor's nephew, and so he's he's exiled, but he knew he had a brother somewhere in America. Well, that's a big place, that America place. Well, just, especially you know. at that time, if it was you know mid to late 1800s after yeah. the Civil War, there was a Louisiana Purchase. So, again, Manifest Destiny. It's such a big, big country, and that was the whole thing. Is the country so big, let's make a railroad so you can be, you know, what was the idea? Uh, uh, Thanksgiving in, uh, in uh, New York and Christmas at... Uh, yeah, and Christmas on Frisco. in California. Yeah, yeah, Frisco. There you go. That was the big two. Yeah. Was San Francisco was the yeah. big port and or city back then. Exactly. Well, see, thank goodness most of the TV show was based around the West Coast. He started going slightly like into Nevada and such, looking for his brother. But then he comes back. Well, then they end the season, the show, after three seasons. And in 1986, they decided to bring back David Carradine's character, Kwai Chang Kane. For one last, because they never felt like they really ended it. So they brought him back. And his nemesis was Bruce Lee's son, Brandon Lee. I think his first, uh, because it says introducing Brandon Lee. So I'm not sure if it's his actual first professional job, but it's got him. And man, back then when it came out, I thought, and this is 86. I'm a little bit older, all right. And, um, like in the service and all that, thinking, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, and when I saw it, it was like, oh, that was yeah. cool. Well, I just got that DVD in the mail what, last <laughs> week that because it was a standalone yeah, made-for-TV yeah. movie. Because the first Kung Fu was actually a made-for-TV movie, and then they used that as the pilot to see if it worked. Well, we'll make it a series. Yeah, yeah. Well, they I this last one idea. was made for movies. What was that? Remind me Firepower after you're done with oh, this. Oh, okay. I, I thought you flirted. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was you. <laughs> That was the burrito. <laughs> but they, they brought it back for this one last movie. And it was decent. But I remember it being so great, even at that age, just because it was Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son. Yeah, it was a big who was deal. a myth. He was like this mythical kid because you knew Bruce Lee had a kid. It'd be and like here if, he is uh, on screen, you know. Like Michael Jackson's kid came out with like an album. You'd be like, oh, shoot, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was it, Blanket or whatever? Yeah, and his, yeah, and it was really his kid. But anyhow, we won't go there. I don't want to offend nobody. I don't think it's his kids. But anyhow, you get this movie, and I finally get it. And I watch it, goes, it was okay. I never realized how bad of an actor in this first job that Brendan Lee actually was in that one. He was much better in The Crow and stuff. But this first one was pretty bad because they had him kind of like he was basically Kwai Chang Kane's son. Because he did have this little fling with a Chinese girl back in China before he fled to America one time. And he was supposed to be a monk. But right. hey, hey, you know, stuff You're happens. exiled on the way. I'm yeah. on the way out anyways, yeah, you know. Maybe I'm, I'm out of town, <laughs> but you know. But it was like that. So they bring him back as the son, so to speak. With this, He's brainwashed by this other guy, Nimeko. 
Um, Mako is this this Asian actor who's in a lot of movies, even the Conan movie with Schwarzenegger. Oh, He's really? the guy that paints all these little little um, symbols on him to to bring him back from the dead, and it's just pretty cool. But you, you see the guy, you know the guy. He's been in so much stuff. And he's the evil guy. He's got nails, you know, three, four inches long. And <laughs> the typical Fu Manchu Mandarin oh, type yeah. um, Rake, Chinese. Raking the, the yeah, the and he's got Manchu a little. He's a... got one of those little oh, cheesy cool. beards. <laughs> and so he's the true bad guy, brainwashing Brandon Lee. And I'm just waiting, and I kept going, well, "Where's, where's that excitement that I had when I first watched it?" And realizing, says, "Ah, oh, man, this is just what it is. It's just entertainment." Yeah. And it's the last story, but that that's what I've been doing this whole COVID thing, just kind of watching old stuff, getting back into it. I watched like all of the monsters, dude. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, there's an episode where they didn't even cut it out, but one of the stagehand is actually in the scene over on the side and he looks over and goes, oops, and you can just see him walk out of the scene. <laughs> but you know, it's just I watched all that type of stuff and just kind of getting back in the touch what made me me yeah i like so many weird and oddball things but i says okay why did i watch these so i got all the series so i watched them all i've been and, doing the same thing yeah I, again and it's uh, not help. reliving the past it's yeah. just see what made me me reading the howard the duck comics <laughs> by the way america i suggest that but just reading them why did i fall in love with this you know and then then there's my favorite band in the land kiss well kiss had this <laughs> terrible Terrible made for movie, um, made for TV movie, excuse me. Kiss meets the Phantom. Oh, the Phantom. Yeah, and it's in the Phantom of the Park. And it was terrible, dude. <laughs> just terrible. But when we were kids, just staying up to watch that. Watching it must have your, been the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. it was. Well, again, when you're you so know? into stuff, like, you just want more of it. At yeah. least for me. I know there's a lot of, you know, Star Wars fans that are all upset with the new movies. I'm like, yeah, they're not the greatest, but. It's more yeah. of what I like. It's yeah. more of what I like. Some of them are really bad. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, Last Jedi is probably one of the lower tier Star Wars movies. It's definitely not the worst. I, I reserve that spot for uh, Phantom Menace. Um, but it's definitely <laughs> not the best. It's definitely not well, anywhere near the I best. I still say Poe and Finn belonged on the Disney Kids Channel, not as Star Wars characters, just because See, they they just had this. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. even explain it. See, I, I would but have they're loved... like Hannah Montana put into a Star Wars movie. <laughs> See, I would have loved for them to just have their own Star Wars movie too. Like, so they get introduced in the Star Wars ones, and then you have like a buddy, uh, like a buddy movie where they're just going around with their own adventures. Because like there was a Tag and Bink comic that was a, a mm -hmm. funny, a funny yeah. book. Yeah. Um. So it's like you can have their own little fun adventures and stuff where you know they're serious in these movies, but then they're a little more lighthearted, doing stuff on their own, more co more comedic. I thought that would have been fun. Um. They probably will never do it because I think um. Uh, John Boyega isn't interested in coming back as a Star Wars or, or as any character in Star Wars. I know Adam Driver for sure is done with Star Wars. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, to me, it's like it's more of what I like. And what I like about it again, for me, the movies are a very small part of it. But with the new movies come new comics. You know, mm -hmm. Doctor F was a badass series. They're on their second one. I of that. gotta admit, dude, it's pretty freaking cool. Yep. The Star Wars comics are cool. Darth Vader's cool. Like they they got so many good comics alone. Plus the um. The uh, the novels, you know, they're re re not re-releasing, but they're 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 they've been pushing so many novels in the last like six seven years that are new with the new canon, and, and they're so good. Like they're they're starting on their second trilogy for the Thrawn ones from the new movies. Um, so again, the the expanded universe stuff that they bring along with these movies to me is worth it. If I have to put up with a two two hour not that great movie, 
but I get all these extra comics and all these extra yeah. games and all these extra everything well, else see, I can put up with. You're it. probably going to punch me in the dick from right there when I say <laughs> this, but I like Jar Jar Binks. I do not. See, like Jar Jar and it's just because it's not to be different, but it's because one of those characters that they is that they kind of brought into life. My wife calls him Bing Bing Cherry. She can't stand him. She goes, "What is that? That Bing Bing Cherry?" She says, "No, nah, it's Jar Jar Binks." But they brought in this ridiculously lovable character. It kind of reminds me of when they brought out Chewie and the droids. Yeah, I was going to say, but it's a combination of... somebody ate too many lead paint chips, <laughs> you know, was held and had a pillow head held over their, their head for just a second or two too long. He fell into the uh, through the ice into the lake, you know, and then yeah. he was never the same afterwards. Yeah, and it's just, it's like one of those, but that character, I dig. I get it, he's for the know? kids. That's the thing, though, is everybody makes such a... Again, I just don't like a Phantom Menace because I don't like the movie. Like, I don't think it's a good story or anything. Yeah. But um, people, they, they hate that movie so much because of Jar Jar Binks. They say he's too little kitty. The whole... Star Wars was... Made for kids. It was, yeah. Like you said, the... You know? The droids, Chewbacca. Yeah. There's some cool adult stuff in it. But, oh, I mean, look at yeah. the Ewoks, dude. Like... I know, dude. Come on, you it, know? It's just, again, people... Nostalgia can be a good or a bad thing. Sometimes it, it, it amplifies the the high points but it also hides the flaws you and again i don't have that that um that nostalgia for the original movie so i watch them i can be pretty objective when i watch it and that's why again when i'm being more objective i watch them like they're good movies and i can kind of put stuff on par especially again story-wise character-wise um with one or the other and kind of truly filter out what i don't think is all that great um but again a lot of times it's just putting up with a lot of the bad to get some of the good you know if, if i have to put up with eight or nine crappy stories but get one really badass one i mean look at um shoot you know you're, you if you had to put up with all of the 60s worth of batman but then, <laughs> but then you get the denny o'neill neil adams stuff yeah well, see i i also own all the batman the tv show i own the entire thing that's such a good you show. know and then i mean yes it was goofy as hell but Batgirl, humana, 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 yeah, and some hot. of the other characters. But it was just so much fun to watch because everything shot on a on a tilt and an <laughs> angle. And you and what do they call it? the Zams, the Bowie? What do they call that? <laughs> the the onomatopoeia. Uh, yeah, yeah. You get all that stuff, and it's just I remember. What do you mean? Gotta watch it again tomorrow. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Grandma says yes, <laughs> you can. You know, it's one of those. It just brings you back because that was our first. Oh my God. We gotta be good. We gotta do our work just so we can watch this. And it made us good kids because we worked harder to see something ridiculously dumb. But to us, it was ridiculously cool. Yeah, it was fun. You it's know? entertaining. It's, yeah. At the end of the day, it is entertainment. Um, yeah, I've been doing that a lot too. Like you said, it's just going back and stuff like like Hell on Wheels. I went through and just watched all of it because it's been long enough to where I pretty much forgot a lot of the high points and then the last season i remember watching most of it but i don't remember all of it you know when they they because they go full-blown i think the second last season towards the half mm -hmm. you start seeing like a lot more of the chinese and then the last season he's working for the chinese world so you see all of that time, and i'm like dude i don't remember any of this but it was such a good series re-watching it from the beginning to end and i remember how i felt at the time where i was well look at commons Commons, um, his character, how he, how, he, how he just starts as one thing, just rolls through, and, and all of a sudden he's getting whoops. psycho, and yeah, you know, when he just kills that the bear, built. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even, I'd heard of Common, but I never knew that a rapper could be a hell of an actor. Yeah, because he was the first. He was, I also, he's the first rapper that I thought, dude, you actually, 
you got it all. Good you're you're a double, triple threat there. Well, and that was a cool character. Like it. you said, uh, his his character uh, progression, his story arc for the character was so good. I was very disappointed to see him leave, but I don't feel like they ever did his character wrong. You know how sometimes yeah. when they write off a character, they oh, just yeah. butcher it? Yeah. They did such a good job, and he wanted to leave to focus on his music career. I, that's To me, that's admirable. I mean, you're a musician. So yeah. You, you know, I know what that's like. Yeah, it's a, it's a passion. Um, and I'm sure he was passionate for movies and, or in acting and all that stuff, but you know, music, if if that's your everybody prioritizes stuff differently and to him he probably was like i really want to work on my music stuff and the tv stuff kind of getting in the way a bit um but again they did a good job with the story arc um it, it's such a cool especially how we we're talking about it, it he was you know he's a, a freed black slave at the time those people were so oppressed at the time along with the irish to see him go from where he started to where he ended off was just basically head law enforcement of the railroad that's a big yeah, deal and look at the characters who had to answer to him they was they was <laughs> not Tool? wanting to yeah they yeah. was not wanting to and and that was that was such a cool because again re-watching it all i forgot about how you know he, he everybody believed he killed uh uh i forget what something tool um you know he shot him in the head and yeah. he survived and he comes back and he he apologizes and he changes his tune and i'm like that's freaking cool because not only is him growing as a character, it also makes other people grow too. Oh, yeah. Um, again, you you earn that respect. It's not just given to him, especially for somebody at his time. There's, there's nobody was gonna give him that respect. Yeah. And it was such a big deal. Like again, like seeing uh, you know, when Elam dies, and uh, Colin Bohannon's burying him by himself, and having him break down and actually say like, "That's my friend." And, yeah. Because he never like he, they'd hint at it like they liked each other and stuff, but he would he never said that that was his friend until. Um, until, until he died, put them in the yeah. ground. Yeah, because um, uh, they, they asked him like he was coming in on a, on a stage coach and he asked him, "Do you know who uh, Elam?" He goes, "Yeah, he's a," uh, and he was gonna say, "Yeah, he's he's a friend or whatever," but they kind of cut it out. It was at the end of an episode, and when they picked up at the beginning of another one, it was already past that. And yeah, his his wife, you know, his Mormon wife. Because yeah. I didn't know, I I didn't know until the show came out that the Mormons were so persecuted. Like, and then you watch him, you know, quote unquote, be Mormon just by looking at their clothes. He's these people can tell like that they're Mormon and they're treating them like second class citizens. And, and, um, you know, his wife is like, she goes back she, and she's like, I saw you bury a man who you loved, you know, who was a friend. Like, that's not the life, you know, that they want for each other and whatnot. It was, again, it was a really good show. If anybody gets a chance, definitely recommend checking it out. It was on AMC. I was just thinking back, like during this time, uh, AMC had walking dead, breaking bad and hell on wheels. Like that was just a really good time for TV. And I only watch hell on wheels. I wouldn't watch Breaking Bad because of the, you know, I wasn't. I hated meth. Yeah. I saw the last what ten minutes and didn't know it. That's a pretty cool ending with the Cadillac yeah. and the machine guns. Walking Dead. <laughs> you know, I never watched that. I watched like five <laughs> minutes and all I saw was hugging and kissing. I get that at home any day, you know. But I watched the hell out of Hell on Wheels. Yeah, no yeah. pun intended. But it's kind of funny you mentioned the Mormon thing because in even in one of the episodes of Kung Fu. They tap on that. Really? Oh, yeah, because the Mormons were raising sheep, and they wouldn't let the sheep drink out of the water hole for the cattle. And these cowboys were, like, shooting them and all this. Really? And they showed the, the persecution of the Mormon people. Yeah, when I looked know? into it, they were, again, uh, northeastern America, you know, up in the north of New York and whatnot, upstate. And uh, they basically kept persecuting them, driving out, you know, driving them out west, killing them. 
just because again the religion was different you know freedom yeah. of, freedom of religion they did they <laughs> didn't show them as militaristic as they did in hell on wheels in kung fu but they but, did go there yeah but it made because s- it made them because they were so persecuted they had to become defensive yeah, you had forts you know yeah. fort smith all these yeah. you know it, it made sense when you when you think because again before i didn't i heard that they were militarized i heard that they were you know quote unquote because again like uh history has a way of painting certain people to suit their uh their viewpoints and again they wanted to justify how they persecuted the the mormons like oh they were militaristic and they're aggressive like yeah because they were they were being chased off of their land and killed just because of their beliefs i would be you know pretty weaponized armed up as well you know just like again i had heard of um the the guy from waco i forget what his uh oh koresh yeah i had heard about him maybe 10 years ago and they were saying, hey, just crazy cult leader, this and that. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm like, all right, he kind of maybe deserved what he got. And then I watched the show Waco, which is nuts. And I'm all, I'm thinking, oh, this is ho- like Hollywood. Like they're, they're, they're exaggerating a lot of the stuff. So I looked it up and dude, the, 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 the facts are crazier than the show was. Like they almost toned it down. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm looking more into it. And it's like, yeah, he, if, if the police just had shown up and give him his $40 notice, like yeah, it would have saved so many people and nah, it's the very first incident of militarized, you know, police and whatnot. And it's just, you, again, the, the, before I actually looked at the facts, I just heard that he was a crazy cult leader. So you're like, all right, crazy cult people do crazy cult stuff, you know? And again, unless you look it up, you'd never know, but you look it up and you're like, that makes more sense why they were holed up. And you know, the, it's one of those things you're meeting force with force. It's never going to be good. Because I, uh, what was this Jim Jones, the Gannisburg one, the guy that had the cult who everybody took the poison yeah, Kool Aid? Yeah, the Kool Aid. See, th- we they were ki- kind of grew up watching that on the news, going, "Man, this is a cult." Whoa! Yeah, and this is what cults you know, do. So yeah, you, think, you know, they try to paint Koresh like, "Oh, he's this crazy cult." Yeah, yeah. he was. Dude. Yeah, you look at it. The Seventh Day Adventists, the way he was running it. You know, though the women are in their own quarters, and only he can have wives. I'm like, that's a cult. I, that's As soon as you start seeing the, the, the leader of whatever religion or group saying, I'm the only one that can be with the women, then... Yeah, you know something's up. Yeah. I remember the first time I ran into an actual Harry Krishna in the Atlanta airport when I was going from Fort Benning to um, Fort Bragg. And this guy, these guys are, you know, the Harry Krishnas, and they're banging tambourines in the airport. And I just was like... In me, just I just wanted to like sock them and get them away from me because they seemed like terror. And then when I really think back about it, they were skinny little guys with shaved heads, a little bitty ponytail, and a sheet, <laughs> you know. And they were just trying to get your money, yeah. just trying to scam you out of your money. Basically, well organized panhandlers. Yeah, you know. And I don't know but that again, much about their whole movement, but right. that's all they they basically ended In up reality, being. That's to what me. they were, yeah. But again, like you know, the media will play them up because they. They they see how bad these cults can get, and then they want to basically vilify all of these different movements because they could potentially be that way. And you know yeah. how it is. They sensationalize it a bit. So, again, I'm, I'm thinking about Waco and what happened. I'm like, oh, well, it was a cult, and, you know, crazy stuff was going on. It's probably warranted. And then, again, you look in the facts, and you're like, there was fault on both sides, and it didn't. you didn't have to kill all those kids. You didn't have to kill all those people. You could have yeah. just talked to mm. I don't know. That's yeah. a little bit of what's going on right now, too. Um, Every time you say Waco, some people think of him, but I also think of Willie Palmer, the craziest guy I ever met in the Army, <laughs> came from Waco, Texas. And that was just every, it's just like, it's hard not to forget that he came from there. Yeah. And he was just like, probably the coolest, goofiest American I probably ever got to, <laughs> to bunk down with when we were in the barracks there. 
this black cat from Waco that had a really thick Texas draw accent, <laughs> but a crazy cool American, you know. That's cool. And uh, yeah, because that's, that's to me that's Waco more yeah. so than Koresh. That's your that's your connection that. though yeah. to them, you know. You, yeah. They're um, everybody has their their own uh, their own life, their own story that they they kind of you know write for themselves through experience and through your experiences. That's again your connection to that because again you didn't know anybody from that you know Seventh Day Adventist. You don't know anybody well, from there besides. Your buddy. Yeah. So, um, going that on and to Ted Nugent lives outside of Waco, <laughs> which is, you know, Ted Nugent is, that's who should run with Howard the Duck. <laughs> right there. There is one conservative <laughs> SOB in America. If you want to pack it, he'll let you pack it. You want to grill it, he'll let you grill it. That's funny. <laughs> what about, um, so let's go on to uh, uh, now uh, anything that you're looking forward to maybe checking out. No, it doesn't necessarily have to be new, like but new to you. Like, is there any shows or movies or? You know books? what? It's kind of going to sound really weird and corny, but almost life because here I've got an eight month old grandbaby, yeah. and I'm trying to see. She's walked into this eight world that we're already, wearing. Dude. Yeah, but now she's born into a world where we're wearing masks, and it could become more permanent and kind of weird more almost futuristic it's yeah. almost like she's been going to be growing up in um a very oh, pivotal what's moment the movie i'm thinking of it's a uh, 1984 okay which is a george orwell story that was written about 50 60 years ago about the year 1984 that's yeah. where big brother comes in where there's cameras everywhere and watching it just seems like she's getting born into this so i'm kind of looking forward to see what happens just in basic life because i'm now i'm going to start looking at it through her little perspective, right? Being a grandfather, because I can't even imagine my grandpa being anything like me, right? And because he was a cool dude, but he was very staunch German Lutheran. You didn't do certain things. Yeah. Well, for those of you who know me, I'm a little different, <laughs> well, and I like a little bit more of that free will and stuff. But just now, with everything being called either racist. Or yeah, everything's so divisive or, uh, right now. Yeah, or it's it's like gender based, or all this is just like, dude, this is just life. Let be, yeah, just let you people know? be people, live their life. Yeah. Don't hurt anyone. Yeah, you know what? Don't hurt anyone. And if you accidentally or inadvertently did, you know, tell someone, be like, hey, I don't like that you said this or called yeah. me this. And if they still keep doing it, then they're doing it on purpose to well, be hurtful. But Kiss had a comic learn. that came out in the seventies, a magazine comic, in um, my band Kiss, and there was this one panel. That still sticks in my mind. There was this really, I won't call him a hippie, but there was this one really weird character that was in the story that wore a t-shirt that says, live hard, live fair, no one gets hurt. And that's all, you just do it, man. Just live. Mm. And I'm just right now, because I'm, I'm watching people who are looking down all the time at their damn phones and missing out on life. And even some of my family members, whose names I will not uh, say, <laughs> Linda, my wife, um, she's got one of those devices now. Remember Jim Stryko called them devices when we were sitting there <laughs> hanging with him? And because he noticed the same thing. Jim Stryko, if you don't know, guys, cool, cool artist and American. That's another story. Basically the Ric Flair comic books. Yeah, baby. <laughs> That's how I look at yeah. him. It's just as badass. Man dude. almost pulled us over the table when yeah, he shook her hands. Strong, strong cat. Man. But anyhow, you <laughs> know, everybody's looking day. at these phones and missing out on life. 
you know, that's the thing, though, too, you know? is... Uh, um, yeah, there's a lot to having a phone like well, that. Well, it's not just that, though. The phone is what connects you. You know, you, yeah. got, you got your buddies, your family, all that, you know, that are on there that normally you'd only connect with if you talked on the phone or yeah. letters or if you saw in person. Now you can be like, oh, this is what my cousin's doing. Or you can look at the news and see this is what's going on here and there. So it's kind of hard to disconnect as well. Um, I remember uh, I didn't have a phone for a while, like a smartphone, so I... I was kind of disconnected to know what was going on because there's no newspapers like yeah. there used to be. There's no nothing else to keep you in touch with the rest of the world. Well, Roman, who do you know that still carries a flip phone? You. That's right. You know why? <laughs> because I'm kind of like the quiet chain cane of today's society. I'm just kind of going through it and taking it for what it's really worth. Because I was up in the mountains this weekend, and you know what I heard? Running water? Nothing. Just like that pause <laughs> that we had. Nothing. All I'm hearing is a little blue jay, you know, squawking every now and then. And I'm like, whoa, that's so dang cool. And yet it's nothing to most people. Yeah. You know? So, you know, a lot of it, too, is uh, just getting away a bit as well. That's one of the reasons I kind of started fishing again, too, is it's a good way of just getting away. It's funny how how nice it can be out there, like where you work at Sycamore Island. Yeah. Like, it's funny that it's literally like, what, a five, ten minute drive from yeah, the city. Dude, we see the edge of Fresno yeah, from there, man. Yeah, and it's uh, but it's it's nice. I was just again, that was the cool thing about being out on that kayak on Sunday is like I'm in the middle of the pond. All I can see is just the trees around me. I'm like, man, this is nice. Now you here. can understand. You get out in that kayak, and no matter what happened before, you got that kayak in the water. All of a sudden, when you're on the water, it's like you're you're not hunting the fish. You're hunting the experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're you you forget damn near everything else. You're just trying to stay afloat. Yeah, and again, find it keeps find you in the something. moment too, where it's like don't fall over. Yeah. Keep you know keep uh uh be aware of where you're drifting to how you're paddling to make sure you're turning right and see and how many times are you looking at your phone when you're doing that not a whole lot <laughs> exactly because you can't <laughs> exactly so it's just like that but human that, that, experience that's a, uh, just experiencing that, is, uh, that actual human touch I think uh it's not just phones I think it's just about anything you know there there can be overuse of of just about anything oh like, yeah. I was hearing uh you know uh like food there's food addictions i mean oh, there, there's drug addictions look at my there's, belly i'll yeah. tell you about food addictions <laughs> you know and, and I, I got a feeling a lot of it is uh people just don't know where where to set that limit because there's a time and place for everything oh yeah you know like we're hanging out and we're talking we're having a conversation it both if it was either way the other person wouldn't feel good if you just pulled out a phone and just kind of started ignoring them yeah you know so i think a lot of it is just depend you know time and place for everything time and place yeah. um it just seems like there's more time for that phone lately in most people's look at it while they're driving while they're talking to you yeah you know it's just like hey dude and a lot of people prefer that text over a phone call right. you know i get I, I do get a little irritated when it takes like 20 texts to answer two questions. Right. When I could talk to you in a minute, we'd be done and I could eat the rest of that burrito. You know? <laughs> the problem though, Bill, is you do, you do have a flip phone. And oh, yeah. When it, when it takes three button presses to get one letter, because I remember those days. Yeah. But um, you know what? It, it made it William down. Shatner laugh in Long Beach <laughs> in the smoking section. And it does make a few others, you know, laugh. But I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do it for not only that reason, just because I don't like to butt dial. And my buddy right. butt dialed me from Florida the other day. <laughs> and it's so funny listening to my buddy driving down the Florida freeway whistling to a tune that you know yeah, he's uh, probably wishing i never heard <laughs> yeah back to the the phones through text and stuff same thing there's a time and place for everything um somebody might be at work not able to message i get that point oh yeah um but uh, the thing i look at it um a lot of the times it's people like to be able to respond and communicate at their convenience you know things are so i don't want to say selfish but there's so much stuff going on me being an adult now and kind of have everything going on like i can see why people want to have it at their convenience, but it also is somewhat disrespectful sometimes where it's like, Hey man, especially if you, there's urgency to the, the, the question or the message. It's like, 
hey, just respond real quick or, you know, yeah. like call back real quick and get it out of the way. Um, I know sometimes people can't. Like, you know, I'm at work a lot. I try not to um, message or talk on the phone yeah. a lot because, you know, I got work and stuff to do. Um, but then there's if there's something pressing, it's like I'll give them a call or message there back. There is that possible. time and place. You it's are not, right. Yeah, there's there, everything has a time and place. Um, uh, the big thing that I was going into before all the crap went down in between Phil and COVID at the shop, <laughs> this year was supposed to be a big, you know, I'm, I've kind of been forcing it on myself as well is uh, I was setting it up to where, uh, you know, starting the new year, I would take a step away a little bit more, you know, and I am, I'm scheduling myself a little less. I got three days off now instead because I want to work on this podcast, which I haven't been able to, t- to do a while and, and do stuff like I'd like to one of the days on my weekend do a hobby like this last weekend. I went trap shooting on Saturday. I went fishing on a kayak on Sunday and then. Monday, I'm hanging out with my bud, and we're talking about cool stories and stuff. And I like being able to experience stuff like that. You know, it's like Derek says, like, if you're just working, um, you know, to pay bills and eat food, and that's kind of a sad life. Like, yeah. you know, you got to the big thing that I was going into 2020 was balance. It can't be all work and no play, and it can't be all fun, you know, and yeah. no seriousness. So you got to find that Dude, balance. I would love to fish, read comics all day, and play guitar. Yeah, but that's not all there is. Yeah, you but you just got to work so you can do that. But yeah. then you would enjoy it more. Yeah, you if know? you if you prioritize the important things, the fun stuff will fall in. Oh, yeah. Um, again, you know, you just got to figure out, and that's another thing too is everybody's experience. Like you said, you're looking forward to life. Everybody experiences life in their own way. We're, you know, there's this whole thing where the people say we're the universe experiencing itself. We're made out of the same materials, just constructed in a different way. Are are you know because of the way that are our uh, upbringing was or our experiences were completely different people yet we're so similar again why be so divisive instead of looking at the difference and see what makes us you know uh similar and and connect that way because at the end of the day it's so weird how uh, uh humans they want to connect they want to uh, you want to talk to people and be like hey do you experience these things too like i'm not alone like you know you like this stuff too you like these books yeah dude what do you think about it you there, there's that curiosity yeah. of how somebody else's uh mind works and it's again it's so interesting um how all that works. I remember, dude, you were there when we were in Denver having dinner with Jim Steranko, and all of a sudden we started talking music, and it's like the rest of you guys weren't there. Yeah. Me and him are just sitting there talking music. Yeah, and you're connecting you know? over yeah. something that, again, your your experiences and the way, yeah. the way your brain was wired. You know, some people who grew up in maybe in the same city, going to the same school, very similar, if not same, like, upbringings, but their brain's wired a little different where they don't like music a whole lot, you know? They might like something else, you know? They like to to freaking play hopscotch and jump rope or whatever instead, mm. and that's what they have a passion for. I'm a double dutch yeah. champ, baby! <laughs> you know, Nothing and, wrong with that. <laughs> you know, uh, or, <laughs> I couldn't or, skip a rope to save my life. <laughs> right? Or I'd they might be a boxer. Or, or, yeah, I would say, or maybe they're more into sports and that's their passion. So, again, uh, uh, the universe experience in itself in such a weird way where your specific experiences and circumstances the way your brain's wired led to these unique experiences where again you are talking to this other person who can relate one way or another have this weird bond that you can't have with other people you know some of my best friends think completely differently than i do and uh you know my best friend mike he uh you know he's like my brother and me and him we differ a lot we i don't want to say we argue but we get into heated debates here and there um but at the end of the day we again we don't look at the differences as a way to divide us we just look at the differences uh as a learning experience, you know, and again, I think a lot of it is just empathy, um, of understand and understanding, you know, uh, sympathy, you know, understanding what other people feel and, um, and interest too. You, just cause you don't have any interest in what they're, what they're interested in. Like you don't, you might not want to go fishing, 
but it's cool to hear, you know, again, like I was telling you when we were going to get ready to record, people want to hear what you have a passion for. Because yeah. at the end of the day, passion is what conveys to the other person. And it's funny you should mention the fishing because this is coming. The, guys, let me tell you something. We were in, was it Cracker Barrel in Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> and I ordered the catfish. And this man over here damn near had a cow. Can't stand the smell of fish. Yet wow. this guy's getting into fishing, getting into kayaking. I'll walk in. He's got two poles in his living room. <laughs> he's ready to go. Yeah, you know, but a, it's just how much you've changed. Your outlook yeah. has changed just in a, in well, a little and, bit. And you again, know? The, the reason I wanted to do it is, uh, you know, I, I I mean, I got a picture of my grandpa yeah. over there. Yeah. Um, you know, that was his main hobby. And that's, again, a unique experience that I had with him that I can share with my nephew. Um, and uh, again, have a... Still um, experience stuff with him, even though he's not here uh, physically with us, um, you know, in, in my heart, in my head, uh, and in my soul, still have him feel like he's with me and uh, uh, something that you share with him. And again, it's just, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, remembering and looking back at a trailer of a movie, you're like, you know, I go fishing and I'm just sitting there and I'm just remembering hanging out with my grandpa. Yeah, same you know. with me and my dad, who I barely can remember, except for the fact that he always took me fishing. And then so did mom. And then I never really forced it on my son, but he's, dude, he'll knock you and me out of the way just to get through the door first, you, you know? know? That's, uh, and it could have been anything else. Again, yeah. we're the universe experience in itself. Um, my grandpa could have been freaking foosball champ. Yeah. Like that's, that would have been his favorite thing. And you know what? I'd have a foosball team yeah, in my living exactly. room right now. Which you should. Be, yeah. <laughs> I think air hockey is more my jam. Tell you the oh, truth. man. I'm terrible at both, but probably better They're at air fun. hockey. <laughs> But again, it's, it's it's so cool. Again, like you said, you have this connection where instantly you can connect. You have this this um, this bond with somebody who you don't, don't even know. You this is probably the first time meeting them, and it's cool. That's the one cool thing about working at the shop is uh, again, I, I I'm into so many different hobbies that it's cool having somebody come in, and they're more likely than not going to like something that I like. So we can always have a conversation, um, and again, learn a little bit of uh, history on something that they like or why they like it, and. You would have never known if you just didn't even try to show How many experience. times do you think I ran into Howard the Duck fans in that store? Not many, but when I did, oh, baby, <laughs> we're like brothers from another mother. Well, again, it's an instant you know? connection you yeah. have, you know? Like, well, who do you like, Howard the Duck? I like Howard oh, the Duck, too, Yeah, you know? see, you're just like, oh, my goodness, man. So, no, it's definitely awesome. That's what's cool about, um, you know, bringing my friends on here. And it kind of gets them thinking, like, what do I like? Why do I like it? You know, you get yeah. a little bit more thinking on it, and uh, it helps you elaborate a little bit more on on uh, what your interests are. A little bit of again, a little window into uh, uh, your personality and uh, your history. And again, it's a really cool way of sharing cool stories um, to somebody who would have never given it a shot if they didn't hear to what you said and and heard it in the way you know your 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 voice and your passion conveyed it um because there's a lot of stuff where people explain you should watch this it's good i'm like okay well why is it good oh it's just a good movie i'm like that's saying something's good doesn't make it good tell yeah. me why it's good tell me why you like it you know when you were talking star wars i completely understood when you told me it's the characters because i watched the show i or the, the shows the movies and all that stuff yeah i understand you're right the characters are really good that's actually what makes a lot of the universe it, and we don't even agree because you're like <laughs> let's see you call us rebel scum. Yeah, rebel scum. <laughs> well, the, and the you're rebels, supposed, that's supposed to be the bad guys saying yeah. that to the good yeah, guys. Yeah, it's because the rebels are terrorists. So yeah. They're destroying. Maybe you know? so, maybe so. But you see what right? I, that you know? It's funny that way because you could say Star Wars and instantly everybody's you're going to get your own little faction. Yeah, but you're all still the same. Exactly. That's the thing. Too, it's Star Wars. Is, you know, it, it, again, yeah. everything. Everybody wants to be so divisive, but at the end of the day, like, bro, you're you're trying to. You already have this bond of we both like Star Wars, <laughs> and yet you're trying to pull it apart. 
because yeah. I don't like it the way you like it exactly 100% or, or vice versa or, you know, and, and I feel like it's not just Star Wars. There's a lot of stuff where it's like, I agree with you. He goes, yeah, but do you agree with me 100%? Well, no, we're going to. But it boils down to the same eight letters in the alphabet, Star Wars, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it, it all gets down to that. Right. Well, it's like when I was asked to uh, go to Hoover to help out with the special ed classes. Yeah. And the only way we kind of got through to a lot of the kids was through comics because comics, especially today's age, the movies have made comics so more acceptable. You know, you got housewives who actually have my wife, Jason Momoa, for God's sake, she'd shove me down if he actually walked through the door, (laughs) you know? And so you get all these people who are actually looking at it differently than a comic book. It became more socially acceptable. And I got through those people just by talking to them, that kid that didn't speak for two years, but then asked, when am I coming back to the class to his teacher, which blew Ken away just because of, you know, and I always start off with the Howard the Duck. Don't think those (laughs) kids didn't get it, but it's just all these little things that tie us all in. Well, again, you the, know, the, the cool and it was about, not they didn't like it the same way, like you're saying, right. but it's still that that mainframe. Yeah, you can find something that you're going to like with comic books. Yeah. That's the thing is like uh, comic books. I definitely I always talk to people. It, comic books are something very, very special because I came from novels. I, you know, I, I grew up reading books. I loved reading, love, love reading. And, uh, you know, I've told the story more than a couple of times on this podcast. Um, but, you know, I started reading comics just because they're fast. I can read a, a whole story in one sitting. I can't do that with a novel. It'll take me a, a day or two, you know, at the very least. Um, so it's very, again, it's something special where you can just get a whole good story in like a 30 minute to hour window. And then you're on to the next one. Like you just, you, 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 it's so complimentary. It's such a, uh, a symbiotic relationship between the art and the storytelling yeah. and the dialogue where it's like. Again, you get something very special. You know, again, we, we talk about it all the time. It's a true American art form. It originated in America. There's nothing like it. You know, there's stuff that's inspired by it, but it came from its own thing. Yeah. So, again, comic books are definitely very, in, 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 uh, in my heart, very they hold a very special place just because of, uh, um, you know, the, the literature of it. And, um, again, it's just a very unique experience. It's the, the, the medium between a book and a movie or a show, you know. My grandpa called them funny books but the books i was reading weren't funny they my weren't first funny. comic was the first ghostwriter and here's this cat riding a motorcycle with a flaming skull yeah that's funny <laughs> you know that, that that's hilarious again, and then the ra's al ghul era of batman and that first batman story that i ever read still sticks in my brain with the wildcat the joker and the joker ties the rock around a puppy's ankles oh and God. throws it in the river that's funny man <laughs> you know it's like these aren't funny books this is some <laughs> serious stuff you know, and that, that's you one know? thing I do. I, I like you said, you gotta have respect to where they came from. I love. Don't get me wrong. I love Golden Age and even you know early to mid Silver Age stories. But I take them for what they are, and they're uh, very entertaining books. It wasn't until the seventies where they started getting a lot more serious. Yeah, well, and for me, I like literature. I like culture and stories. They were a little bit more like, um, what do you call it? Uh, leave it to Beaver. And the Brady Bunch, yeah. but it, then you get the Partridge Family that shows real life, and that's the seventies books, you know, where they start. Yeah. Going, hey, and then you get the eighties where you get uh, what was it, a uh, Married with Children? <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's some serious leaps and bounds on a lot of yeah. that. But I, I, you know, what's funny is the funniest book that I think still is was Howard the Duck, and that wasn't supposed to be funny to a kid. It was like Mad Magazine satire, right. putting down the government, well, putting down Marvel society Max under certain circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's how they they used it was yeah. in that. So uh, again, comics are very very cool. Again, medium to tell a story. Um, again, I appreciate a whole lot, and I am glad, like you said, that they're taking them more serious now as a proper 
uh, medium of storytelling. Uh, again, uh, with the movies, they help a lot because you know somebody will give a comic book a shot when they wouldn't before, and then yeah. they'll read a book and be like, "Damn, that was freaking good! What's the next one?" I'm going to tell you this: Deadpool. I would never have even read Deadpool the Duck <laughs> if it wasn't for now. The Deadpool movies weren't the greatest. Yeah, but, they but were it fun. made me go, "Okay, this character's a little different." And then Deadpool the Duck is the best miniseries ever. <laughs> but you know, it, it it just showed me okay, so there's something to this character. Yeah, it, you know, because I had my grandfather's attitude with Deadpool. Ah, poppycock. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it's always going to be, though. Um, every generation is going to look at the next one and the following one a little differently. Because yeah. again, th- you know, I was talking to Jose uh, on the episode he was on, but the way that your parents raised you and the way they were raised. It can help, but it's not going to work the same just because the world that they raised you for doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know, times change every 10 years. You're going to have, you know, a different culture. And not just that, you you would hope, you know, um, most well-adjusted people would take the good, filter out the bad, and hopefully the next generation keeps doing that, you know. Yeah. Every generation keeps getting better. You know, you hope that your granddaughter's raised well. You hope that you, you know, instilled a good enough uh, ethics and uh, and uh, compassion and empathy, um, you know, into your into your son, and um, and that he helps, you know, raise another generation of good kids. And, well, I, I got to tell you something. Better. I probably saw the father of the year this last weekend, and it was my son on his own birthday was so much the family guy that I was almost in tears watching him because Zach, you know, is 10 and he's got autism and it's his stepson and here's his little baby and his wife. And this is his birthday and he's putting them before yeah. himself and, you know, putting my wife and he's just putting everybody else on a pedestal but himself. And I'm going, man, where's this kid come from? And I'm thinking, I raised this guy, yeah. you know, and I can only imagine what little Willow, my, my granddaughter, is going to be like. But I'm also hoping at the same time that she doesn't look at me like some crazy old guy <laughs> with long, long pigtails right. and a big scraggly beard. Because my mom was saying, oh, it's, oh, your hair's going out of style. Cut your hair. Cut your hair. <laughs> and rest in peace, Ma, I never did cut my hair because it's always been in style. Because rock and roll has always been, in my eyes, a long-haired, you know, <laughs> long-haired job, but you know, that's, so to speak. You know, but you that's know, you. It that's comes and goes, that's, yeah, that's part of me. what makes you. And yeah. and you hope, again, like, uh, that, that's the big thing, especially with being a grandparent is, uh, you know, I, I had my problems with my uh, my parents and stuff, uh, especially my mom. Like, my father's not uh, in the picture at all for me, but my mom, you know, we had problems and stuff, especially right before I moved out. And, you know, I love her and stuff, but I don't love my mom. Like, I love her. Don't get me wrong. I love mm-hmm. her a whole lot, but I don't love her anywhere near the amount that I love my grandma, my grandpa. So, uh, again, like grandparents are very, very oh, yeah. special. And uh, you have, again, uh, the best job in the world where you get to shower hey. them with all the love in the world and then you pass them off. Yeah, it the wasn't parents. my mom that took me to Star Wars. It <laughs> yes, was my grandma. And my grandmother bought me my first guitar. See, again, you know? the best job in the world is yeah. being a grandparent. Not, um, nothing against mom. It's just like mom it's, was, it's different. was it's a single different. parent in the 70s and yeah. the 80s. And. You know, she was like she had to be high of hairstyle until until <laughs> we couldn't find nobody who remembered how to do it anymore. You know, and she was just that way. But then that's kind of where I get my one way street kind of attitude. Right. I ain't cutting my hair, make me. You know, Again, and I'm, I'm that. Kind of, I mean, how many guys have you ever? Although I don't have my pigtails in now, but fifty three <laughs> old guys who got pigtails that are long, you know, past their shoulders when they're braided, and a beard that makes me look like Santa Claus, and a belly to match, tattooed, wearing shorts, you know, camouflage <laughs> shorts. It's just that's just me. Again, that's you. You yeah. are your 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 
completely individual person. Yeah. You know, you're we're made up of the same material, yet you are you and I'm me, and your experiences made you you, and my experiences make me me, and yeah. we, we connect. How over many times do you think I heard people say, "Hey, you look like a guy in Duck Dynasty"? Says, "No, they look like me." <laughs> or Rob Zombie says, "No, he looks like me." Again, you know, and it's just this has always been me, and like mm-hmm. you've always been the pretty much the same way yeah. since I met you, and um. It's just like that's what I can appreciate because I never followed a fad no. in my life. That's what I call these smartphones a fad. So <laughs> I'm making a little joke because I'm looking at your smartphone right now. But um, no, it's just it just makes me me. You know, I love my music on a turntable with vinyl. That's this flat <laughs> piece of plastic, man. Or you know, that's this thing that produces sound. And I just got one in the mail again today. I got me a little. Uh, you know who Brian May is from Queen. No. The guitar player from Queen. Okay. Okay. Well, him and Eddie Van Halen put out this really obscure album in the 80s from something that Brian loved called Starfleet. All it was right. a marionette puppet show based in space in Britain in the 60s. <laughs> so oh it's something God. that we weren't, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. something that meant a lot to him. And he talked Eddie Van Halen into doing this album called Starfleet. Again, something you that know? he was very passionate yeah. about. And I almost again, forgot about that. the passion always shows through. The but passion always shows I'm through. I'm also a record collector, so I get this little bitty 45. Okay, and the 45s and a white label promo. What it is, they gave radio stations free records to play them. It wasn't like a payola or nothing. Just here. Here's your copy. Put it on the air. Okay, and they always had a white label. And a white label promo is pretty rare. Okay, because you usually can only get those 45s and the LPs. They came from a radio station. All right? Or some other kind of promotional thing, right, right. which is, you know, special. most of the public is nothing, you know, you can't get near. Like going to a presidential, it's like going to the White House and going to the Oval Office and getting a napkin from the <laughs> Oval Office, you know. You're only going to get it from the Oval Office. Well, this little Starfleet thing that Brian was just so in love with, and Eddie probably didn't know what it was, but he just wanted to jam with one of his idols. Well, it's got a B-side that's not on the record. I'm like, oh, happy, happy, joy, joy, <laughs> man. Here I got this brand new thing. Oh, I can't wait to play it. But I, I got it right before I came over here. Says so I'm going to go home tonight and put that on. Probably drive the wife nuts, <laughs> you know. And it's like Starfleet. You're like, huh? And I didn't know what it was, but I had to listen to what Brian May talked about it. And it was just this marionette type puppet show, very cheesy. You know, we had some of that type of things on early TV in America, but it was yeah, a British yeah. thing. We don't have a whole lot of British crossover, but it was so big in his life. He put some yeah, money out on it. Yeah, and it's something that he wanted to share, something he was yeah. passionate about that he wanted to share. Yeah. You know what? Not everybody will catch on to it or, or, or latch on to it, but there might be a few. And oh, yeah. those are the people that, you know, they'll benefit from that. And I'm one of those nuts. When I found out they put out that album back in the 80s, I went out and bought two. And now I find this 45, <laughs> what, 35, dang near 40 years later. That's, you know, like, oh, my God, I didn't even know this thing existed. Now yeah, I've got this yeah. new... Oh my! Something special, yeah. yeah. Something it's, that it's, you don't get every it's day. It's only four minutes long, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long single for back in the day. Yeah, yeah. But it's only like four minutes long. That's cool. You know, again, it's again, passion is a very important thing uh, when it comes to storytelling, and that's what's cool about it. You know, you're talking about stuff like kung fu and Star Wars. You know, Star Wars, everybody knows about Star Wars, but like kung fu, there might be somebody out there who's like, "Well, that sounds cool. I'll give it a check out," and they might like it, they might not. But you know, the people who give it a shot and end up not liking it they tried something new but somebody will watch and be like damn this is really freaking cool let me check out some more of this yeah. or you know he was talking you know about this howard the duck character maybe he's not that you know he's not all that bad i've had a few converts <laughs> not many yeah come on america but i mean it's it's, it's a hard just one sell, of those man. things but see my cousin introduced me to him 
So yeah, I think you where know, the hard sell comes in. And it was just something in, that got handed down. I think where the hard sell comes in is, again, like you said, he's wearing pants. If he was yeah, wearing, the not, pantsless duck, man. Yeah, I think that'd be an easier yep. sell, you know. Because again, like, it's it's the animal equivalent of a mullet. You know, you got the business <laughs> up top, party down the bottom. <laughs> I didn't know a mullet was bad until Joe Dirt and then my, somebody said something to me. I just thought it was a cool haircut to have while you're fishing and tear to yeah. get in your eyes. <laughs> All right, man. With that, I think this is probably the longest podcast episode. So we're uh, <laughs> we're we're having a, a very very fun time. Um, we can talk forever, but uh, I think that's gonna be it. Um, Billy, I know you're not on social media a whole lot, but if people want to see kind of what you're about, do you got any uh, social media you can share? I am on Facebook underneath okay. Bill Tool or Lead Belly Bill. There you go. Um, and then I know uh, they post a lot of pictures of you uh, when they do post them on the Sycamore Island Facebook page. You can see a lot of yeah, you. Yeah, I'm on Sycamore Island public fishing at the San Joaquin River a lot. The Bass Mob Anglers post a lot of me because I'm kind of, I'm not an official member, but I'm treated like royalty. Right. Me and my buddy Gerald, we're we're pretty much you know, we've been around those guys forever, and we're I'm on that quite a bit also. Yeah, and then uh, you know you're talking about your son Matt, um, great great guy. Uh, he's actually a tattoo artist as well. Uh, what was his? Uh, was it Moonchild? Moonchild tattoo. Yeah. So if you're Down looking the him up, um, I'll try to see if I can find his tags. I know yeah. I follow him on Instagram. He actually did my first tattoo for me. I got to hit him up. I still want to do that Mythosaur school. I just haven't had time. Um, but yeah, great, great artist. Uh, maybe we'll have him on here one of these days in the future if he feels like it. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, that's going to be, oh, uh, one last thing. I usually ask the guest if they have a, a prompt suggestion, like, uh, cause I do the, the story episodes in between usually when I have time. Uh, is there a prompt you'd like to see for a story that I might write? It can be, it can be a theme, a genre, an more object. nudity in America. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll write a porn story. We'll see. I didn't uh, say so much porn. Uh, well, that's what but I want. <laughs> if you've seen some of my neighbors, I just need more nudity in America, <laughs> man. <laughs> All righty, guys. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Uh, if you get a chance, check out the hooligan squad server on, um, discord. I'm trying to get that active again. I've been really, really busy. Um, trying to get back to putting out the episodes more regularly. We've just had a whole lot going on with the COVID and, um, work getting back and whatnot um, has been taking my time uh, but thanks for stopping by until next time have a good one adios later <laughs>